When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There was one year where it was our first year in New York and we didn't know anybody. We went through the building and invited everyone. Everyone was sitting on the floor in the windowsills. It was at least 30 people. We cooked a turkey in a toaster oven. <laughs> And it was the best Thanksgiving ever. Wait, how do you cook a turkey in a toaster oven? Cut it up in parts. (laughs) One leg at a time. (laughs) All righty, dear listeners. We've reached that part of the meal that, for a lot of us, is the centerpiece of the Thanksgiving spread. The bird. So, to tackle such a monumental dish, we have brought in one of the culinary world's true rising stars, chef and writer, Sola El Whaley. Now, you may have seen some of her very popular YouTube videos on a variety of channels, including New York Times Cooking. She's also got a new show on history titled Ancient Recipes with Sola. And today, I'm thrilled she's joining us on Cooking Up a Storm to share her thoughts on how to select your Thanksgiving bird and walk us through her recipes for crisp and juicy herb-roasted turkey and honey thyme gravy. I'm Al Roker. This is Cooking Up a Storm. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Hi, nice to meet you. Sola, nice to meet you. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, welcome to our kitchen. So I'm really excited about this because I'm I'm a big fan of the spatchcock chicken. Mm-hmm. Which is not easy to say, actually. Uh, the no, spatchcock. but it's easy to do. It's easy to do. I yes. like that. So we are so used to the, you know, the Norman Rockwell presentation yes. of the turkey, and I, I must admit, with what you're doing, you can't do the in bird stuffing. No, but it's going to taste better. It's going to be worth it once it's on your plate. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're doing this this, this spatchcocking, and mm-hmm. you are uh, dry brining. Yes. The turkey. Very important. Now, why is that important? Okay, so I feel like a few years ago, everyone was wet brining, uh-huh. where you like mix. You got a big tub. You got to get a big <laughs> tub, plunge your turkey in there. It's a mess. It takes mm-hmm. up a lot of room. Who needs but that? It also makes your turkey watery. Oh. And like kind of dilutes Soggy. the flavor. Soggy, moist in the worst way. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So by dry brining, what you're doing is it, it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. You're just going to sprinkle salt and whatever else you want on there. And mm-hmm. then what happens is as it sits in the fridge, the salt on the surface of the turkey is going to dissolve. And it creates a really concentrated brine with just the salt and the turkey juices that then gets sucked into the turkey. Mm-hmm. And then it does three really cool things. First, obviously, it's going to season it and make it delicious. Right. But it also breaks down some of those muscle fibers, mm-hmm. creating a bit of a gel. So it's it a little more tender. It stays, it's really tender, mm-hmm. really juicy, mm-hmm. and there's less worry about overcooking it. It's just going to be a bit more forgiving. Okay. And then I think the best part of that, the dry brine, is it's going to dry out the surface of the skin and break down the fat so you get really crispy skin. Crispy. Ooh. 
For this recipe, the essentials are pretty simple and customizable. We're going to need a 12 to 14 pound turkey. Woody herbs. Think sage, rosemary, and thyme. Sorry, parsley. No can do. And the rest is probably in your kitchen already. For the full recipe, check the show notes or go to today.com slash food. All right. So how do we start? How do we start to prep this? Okay. So first the dry brine. Mm -hmm. So I'm keeping it really, really simple. Okay. It's just salt, a little bit of sugar that helps with the browning. Okay. And a touch of MSG. Now, the MSG. You know, a lot of people are like, you yeah. know, MSG, what's the deal with the MSG? Okay, so I know MSG has like a bad rap uh-huh. because, well, should we go into the full story? Sure. <laughs> okay, so there was this guy, a biochemist, who was uh-huh. having a little bit of dashi, and he was like, mm, this is really tasty, what's going on? So he wanted to know what made it so tasty, and it turns out it was the MSG that's found in the kelp. Uh-huh. So he synthesized it from that kelp, and it got really popular. But then there was one letter that one guy wrote to New England Journal of Medicine about how he got some headaches from it. And then it kind of blew up, and everyone started saying MSG was bad. But there have been multiple studies since then that have not proved anything you wrong said with there's nothing. there's nothing wrong. If you have a half a cup of it on an empty stomach, you'll feel sick. Well, but who's, <laughs> who's doing that? But if you wanted it, you could leave the MSG out. If you, you could wanted. leave it out, but it just helps make the turkey taste more like turkey. Okay. Which I think is, you know... That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's we a very want our good turkey thing. to taste like turkey. Uh, I mean, please. But you can add spices to this. I like to keep it simple because mm-hmm. especially if you're doing like a potluck and you have a bunch of friends coming over and right. you don't know what they're bringing, I think it's good for the turkey to just be really simple. But you could add up to six tablespoons of spices to there if you oh. want to get crazy. You could do a little garlic powder, uh-huh. maybe a little paprika. Uh-huh. Cumin, maybe go for like a barbecue turkey. Oh, yeah, maybe like a smoked paprika. Yeah, a smoked paprika. Oh, very that nice. sounds good. Or do like garam masala for like Indian turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Okay, so we're done whisking together our salt, sugar, and MSG if you want. Now it's time to spatchcock the bird, which basically means taking out the backbone so we can flatten that turkey. So now you're going to show us how to spatchcock this. Yeah, okay. So we've got like a 12 to 14 pound turkey. I think Mm -hmm. you don't want to get bigger than that because that's when it starts to cook really unevenly. So if you have a lot of people, make two turkeys. Okay. Yeah. So spatchcock, super easy. We're going to flip this over. Okay. Boom. And we're going to cut out the backbone. And then we can open it up and kind of like butterfly it. So I'm just going to use kitchen shears. All right. And we're going to do a little snippety. Yeah. Once you get in there, it's pretty easy. You can also do it with a really sharp knife, but I think that that's, that feels a little bit more dangerous to me. But nowadays, spatchcock is so popular that I've seen it sold already spatchcocked. Oh, pre-spatched. Pre-spatched. You, <laughs> you want me to give it a try? You want to go uh, for okay, it? I, 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 All right, I, yeah. We, we're like, we're two ribs away. Well, this is really tough right here. Great sound effects, though. I feel like you need a trigger warning for the podcast. <clears throat> get to the cracking sounds. You did it! Ah! I need a napkin. I need a towel. What's the one mistake when it comes to the turkey that we make? Hmm, I think cooking it whole Mm -hmm. and putting stuffing in it, trying to get that picture-perfect turkey. The stuffing dries it out because all of that flavorful turkey juice just gets absorbed into the stuffing. And then when you cook it whole, it doesn't cook as evenly. When you flatten out your turkey and spatchcock it, what happens is the legs end up getting more heat because they're on the outside of the pan. So they end up cooking a little bit longer. They get tender, more rendered, and we can protect the delicate breast meat. When you cook your turkey whole, the breast is getting all of the heat. Yeah, because it's up high. It's up high. It's getting all that attention, and it should be 
like a little bit protected, you know? Okay, so now we're gonna flip it over. Okay. So now the turkey's on its back. So some people like to remove these uh, wingtips, mm -hmm. but I don't bother because that was already a journey, right? Right. Okay, so now I'm gonna get on top and just flatten the breast so we get it nice and flat. Mm -hmm. And now, very important, we're gonna pat the turkey dry with a paper towel. Take your time with this part. Anytime I roast any meat, if you want brown, mm -hmm. brown is delicious. It's the most important flavor. That's it. You gotta take your time. So once we get the turkey patted dry, mm -hmm. I'm gonna pat the cutting board dry because I don't wanna lose a bunch of dry brine to the board. Okay. Because it's gonna stick to whatever's wet. Oh. And then we're gonna get sprinkling on every inch of this turkey all over, inside, outside. Get every single bit, rain it on. We're gonna use all of this. I know it oh. looks like a lot of salt, mm -hmm. but you need it, it's a very big bird. So some of it's gonna fall off. You wanna pick it up, get it back on there. After you've covered every single nook and cranny of your turkey with your dry brine, we're gonna place it on a wire rack on a sheet tray layered with a bed of woody herbs. The woody herbs I have here today are some thyme, rosemary, sage, whatever you've got. I went to school with a guy named Woody Herbs. This is a good name. It is, yeah. I like the name, I do. So you can get crazy, you can put garlic under there, onion, lemon, but I like to keep it real simple so right. that the sides can kind of shine. Okay. And this is gonna hang out in the fridge, okay. uncovered. Uncovered. Uncovered, skin side up. Breast side up. Breast side up, mm -hmm. 24 hours minimum, but like oh. ideally 48. But you go 72. Yeah, I have. Okay. Oh, I, you have. have. I wouldn't do it for a chicken because it kind of just turns into like a deli meat almost. Ooh. It like cures a little bit. It's not mm. going to be bad. It's just going to be a little weird. But for turkey, mm -hmm. it's so big, it can take it. Initially, it's going to get really wet because the salt's going to... Draw out the moisture. Draw out the moisture. That's the first stage. And then if you let it just keep sitting, it's going to once again like get really nice and dry once that salt and moisture gets reabsorbed. This is like a great technique for anything. You want to do like a big brisket, right. short rib, oh, lamb leg. So uh, so it obviously if if you are planning ahead for Thanksgiving and you've got a frozen bird, you've oh. got to you've got to play plan way ahead. Way ahead. Get that bird defrosting a week before Thanksgiving. You know, maybe start right after Halloween. Or maybe right after listening to this podcast. Coming up, Sola shares her tips on how to pick a turkey right after the break. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Are you... 
a bit of a turkey snob? Do you, do you have to have a fresh turkey as opposed to a, a frozen turkey? I think that it's important. Like the quality of the turkey you start with is really important. So I try to get a heritage breed. Mm -hmm. But those turkeys are pricey. So just yes. get what works within your budget. Right. At Thanksgiving, it's more about the sides than it is, in a Definitely. sense, the turkey. So yeah. you don't need a lot of turkey. I feel like a lot of times the turkey ends up being the most disappointing thing on the table. You know those turkeys that have, like, the thermometer in it that yeah. pops? Yeah, the pop-up thing. Those are a lie. They, they are. It, they only pop at, like, when the turkey is so overcooked, it's like cardboard. Ah. Don't waste your time with that. For you growing up so long, what was Thanksgiving? What were, what were your your Thanksgiving memories. Thanksgiving is my favorite day of the year. <laughs> is it? I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, my family is Muslim, so we didn't grow up celebrating Easter or Christmas or New Year's even because my parents also worked a lot. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving was the one thing that we did that other people did that made me feel like I fit in. When you're a kid, that's all you want. Yeah. So I loved it. When my parents first came to America, my mom worked at a factory and um, one of her coworkers really helped us learn about American cuisine. So she would have my mom over and they would just like cook together. So one Thanksgiving, they cooked the whole meal together. Fully like super traditional, classic American stuff, like the box stuffing, the gelatin pudding pie. Everything was like from a box, but it was delicious. And oh, I loved the green bean casserole with the soup from the oh, can. Oh yeah, and the, and, the, and the French fried onions. The French fried onions, yeah. We did all the classics and that was the meal that we had almost every single year. I loved it because I loved feeling like everyone in the country was doing the same thing. It was a shared experience. Yeah, yeah. It's a non-denominational holiday. Mm -hmm. And this country's got so many different cultures and religions. We're not usually celebrating all together. So I just love that we're all celebrating together. That's like why I love Thanksgiving. Your favorite dish growing up for Thanksgiving? 100% stuffing from the box. Ah. I love it. It's perfect. And when I make stuffing now, I try to make it taste like stuffing from a box. Wow. Uh-huh. Like I'll get like fancy bread from the farmer's market, uh -huh. but then I'll cut it up into tiny cubes and season it up to taste just like the box one. <laughs> it's like a uh, high-low, that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next, let's hop on that gravy train or gravy boat. Okay, so gravy... Gravy. A lot of people make the gravy with the drippings. Yes. But I actually don't because there's a lot of people around the house. There's right. so many things happening. Mm -hmm. Gravy is an easy thing to get done like a couple days before. If you want to be extra, take that backbone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just, you're not oh, you didn't mean take it. Not uh, right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You said take that backbone. I'm a very literal person. Yeah. So uh, I'm what, sorry. What you can do is take that backbone, uh -huh. roast it up in some fat, uh -huh. maybe roast up your giblets, mm -hmm. and then cook that with some broth and a bunch of veggies to make it really, really flavorful, which okay. is what we've done already. Right. So this is a broth that's like amped up. So then once we have your broth, we're going to make our gravy. Gravy keeps. Nothing bad is going to happen to this if you make it a few days early. So just really? go for it. Okay. In a medium saucepan or Dutch oven, melt three tablespoons of butter and get a quarter cup of flour at the ready. We're gonna make a really simple roux to mm -hmm. thicken up our gravy. So we're gonna melt our butter until it's nice and foamy, and then I'm gonna add some flour. You wanna wait until it gets foamy, because then the butter is hot enough to like evenly absorb the flour and you don't have any lumps. If you make lumps early, yes. you're gonna have lumps. Lumps are forever. 
Yeah, okay, so we got foamage. So now my flour is getting in. We had foamage. And we just want this to get like, it's gonna get foamy again and mm -hmm. blonde. You don't want to overcook the roux at this point. Cause Isn't then, that a Clairol uh, uh, hair color? Foamy and, and blonde? blonde. The, what is this pan, Panatone <laughs> color of the year? That's right. Foamy and blonde. <laughs> Now, if you overcook this, mm -hmm. it's just gonna make it, it kind of reduces the thickening power of the flour, but it'll make, give it a deep flavor. So if you want that roasty toasty flavor, you're gonna need a mm -hmm. little bit more flour. Whisk the flour and butter together for about two minutes. It should have a nice nutty smell. But this is really it, that's all. That's it? That's as, that's as far as you need to take okay. it. Grab a quart of that souped up broth you made earlier. We're gonna add it to the roux, slowly. And now we're gonna add our broth a splash at a time to make sure you're lump free. So you see it's going pretty smoothly. We it got, really is. Once you add about like half of it, then you can just dump it in. Uh -huh. And then once you add all of this liquid, you need to make sure it simmers for a few minutes to lose that raw flowery taste. Otherwise, uh -huh. it's gonna be a little weird and starchy. Simmer, whisk occasionally until thickened and no raw flour taste remains. That should take about five minutes. The starchiness is gone, it's nice and thick, and now we're gonna season it up. I'm gonna keep it really simple, a little bit of thyme. Okay. A little black pepper, we're gonna add salt to taste. Now, if you're using like a store-bought broth, it probably has a good bit of salt, so make sure you mm -hmm. taste it before you get crazy, because it might be good. Now, everything here has been pretty simple. We've yes. got like salt, herbs, but you can like get crazy here if you want. You could add some, I don't know, chipotle peppers, mm -hmm. get, make a spicy gravy to oh. go with your Southwestern barbecue turkey. Very nice. You can add your own palette. You can add yeah. your colors yeah. of, that you want. Oh, fan of the giblet? Well, you can lightly brown them in a skillet and use that flavor for your gravy. And you can do the same thing with the backbone. Okay, and then I like a touch wow, honey. of honey. That's... Crazy. Well, I think that I love a little bit of sweetness uh -huh. on the Thanksgiving table because I grew up with the cranberry sauce from the can. So this kind of gives me that sweetness in a different way. Mm. How did you come across the idea of putting honey into your gravy? Well, on my kitchen counter, like my core spices are salt, sugar, MSG, pepper, mm. and honey. Right. The honey gives it a nice body. Mm. Honey has like a little bit of natural acidity, so it kind of perks things up. And there's that sweetness. But you saw I didn't go overboard. It's just like a couple of teaspoons, mm -hmm. and it really just mellows out all the flavors. Sugar is really important in savory food, the same way you add a pinch of salt to dessert. Mm. It just helps everything, like, liven up. You gotta have balance. Yes. Yeah. So the big day, finally here. Your guests have started showing up. Your spatchcocked dry brine turkey has been in the fridge for 24 to 48 hours, and you are aching to get bacon. But before we pop it in the oven we should let it come to room temperature. Well, you could just put it in the oven, but I think it comes out so much better if mm. you let it come to room temperature before you roast it. Because it doesn't have to fight, the, mm -hmm. the oven doesn't have to fight the coldness. Yeah, exactly, it's not like shocked. Right. So you, I like to let it sit for like three hours. Okay. But then the great news is, because it's spatchcocked and dry brined, we're gonna cook it on high heat, 425, and it only takes like 90 minutes. What? Yeah. Game changer. I know, instead of having your oven blocked up with a turkey for like four hours, you can have time to make your casseroles and your pies and all that. And this just goes in right before you eat. Crazy. I just changed the game. You have. <laughs> Mind blown. All right. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. this is in there. And, and while this is in there. Well, before it goes in oh, there. Oh, before it goes in there. There's one more step. One more, one more thing. Step. So we want to brush it with a little bit of fat to help get uh, that crispy, crispy skin. Gotcha. I like to use key. 
which is butter that has oh. had the milk solids. So clarified food. butter. Clarified butter. Okay. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna give us all the flavor of butter, but mm -hmm. it has a higher smoke point, so it's gonna get really crispy as if we were using oil. Wow. Once you've brushed your turkey with your fat of choice, pour one and a half cups of water into the sheet tray and roast that baby at 425 degrees, rotating occasionally until the skin is a deep golden brown. Grab your instant read thermometer to find out if it's ready. The deepest part of the breast should be at least 150 degrees, thighs at least 165. That should take about 90 minutes. That's it! Just 90 minutes! Oh, and if the skin's getting too dark too quickly, reduce the heat to 375. When we come back, it's turkey time! On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And we're back. Turkey's out of the oven, and after all it's been through, it deserves a rest, as do you. We're going to put it on the counter and leave it there for about 20 minutes uncovered. Because if you cover it, it's going to get steamy and you're going to lose that crispy skin. Uh, but it's okay for like 40 minutes if you have other things you need to do. Mm -hmm. hey, I was going to say, now, is this, is, by spatchcocking it, mm -hmm. is it easier to carve? Because so a, lot much of, easier. a lot of people have, including myself, have butchered a good turkey. No, I mean, I have too. It's, I, I feel like you would see people carving the slices of the breast right off the turkey. Yes. It, that makes it so hard. It's easier to just remove the whole breast and then work with the pieces on your cutting board. So... You're going to take, when your turkey is like out of the oven, mm -hmm. take it to your guests. Let them revel in the glory. Bring it back. Behold. Behold. We have spatchcocked this for you. Yeah. And then bring it back into the kitchen and we're going to carve. Mm -hmm. Now, carving's not so hard. Just start with the pieces that are the most in the way. I'm going to get rid of these wings. We're not actually cutting through any bones. So the turkey's so nice and tender. We're just really easily. Mm, see, that. it's like butter. Just like that. We're just coming right through the joints. Let's see. Let's get rid of this leg. I'm barely using barely. it. I mean, you barely touch touching it, and it, it disappears. And then look at how juicy look and moist it is, right? All it took was a little bit of time in the oven. You didn't even have to do anything. So the leg immediately just beautifully came off, right? That's amazing. Just make the turkey work for you. You don't even have to know what you're doing here. You could just rip off the pieces. The one thing I... I... I, and I think maybe happens especially here because a lot of people come to live here in New York from all over the country and sometimes can't get back home. And especially in this last, you know, pandemic mm -hmm. season. Uh, what, what do you what is, a, in a sense, that, quote, orphan Thanksgiving to you? Oh, OK. So orphan Thanksgiving is like my favorite thing because 
My husband and I worked in restaurants for up until like the pandemic, Mm -hmm. really. So we usually had to work the day before and the day after and we couldn't go home. And that's kind of the situation with a lot of cooks. So we would, instead of celebrating with family, we would just invite everyone over who doesn't have anywhere to go. (laughs) There was one year where it was our first year in New York and we didn't know anybody. We invited everyone. We invited like the bartender, the dishwasher, people whose names we didn't even know. Everyone showed up. Our apartment was the size of the bathroom in the green room that I was in. (laughs) Everyone was sitting on the floor in the windowsills. It was at least 30 people. We cooked a turkey in a toaster oven. (laughs) And it was the best Thanksgiving Wait, how do you cook a turkey in a toaster oven? Cut it up in parts. (laughs) One leg at a time. (laughs) Once the bird is carved to your satisfaction, time to dig in. I'm going to go in for the dark meat. That's what I'm doing. That's my move. That's my favorite bit. That's your jam. That's my jam. A little bit of skin, a little bit of giblet. Whoa. All of the best bits. I, I cannot, I've never tasted anything like this. This is so good. It just tastes like turkey, though. Very good turkey. It's almost like I didn't know what turkey was until this. Wow. It looked like so much salt, but it just tastes seasoned. It doesn't taste salty. And, and I, I'm going to be honest. Not a big fan of gravy generally. I've just never been never been a big fan of the gravy. I just, okay. I just but this it's like this a little sweetness, a little mm-hmm. savory, and my gosh, that's to give thanks for. <laughs> Try brine, baby. Yeah, I think even if you're just a f- couple of people, make a turkey and eat it all week. Words to live by. Mm-hmm. I, I I must tell you this this uh, uh, recipe is a revelation to me. It, 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 it's tender, it's crisp, it's flavorful. You've actually, after t- having tasted this, and I, I've been a huge proponent, I like stuffing, mm-hmm. and, the, and probably you've now explained why I like stuffing in the turkey, because it absorbs all the flavor of the turkey. You can make a really tasty stuffing on the side if you get some really good bone broth and just like add it to your stuffing mix. It's going to taste like it was cooked in a turkey. You can have it all. and We can all have it all, at least one day a year. So that begs the question, leftovers. What's your go-to recipe for leftovers? My favorite thing is the next day for breakfast, I make the sandwich. Mm -hmm. We all know the sandwich. All of the leftovers between two slices of bread. But then after that, one of my favorite things is, so I told you I always make my gravy in advance. Mm -hmm. So I'll save those drippings from the turkey for the next day and then fry up the leftover turkey in that fat, in that turkey fat until it's really, really crispy put it in a taco with a little bit of salsa verde and onions, and it is so good. Wow. Amazing. If you have a lot of drippings, you can <laughs> even fry your tortillas in the drippings too. Wow. Like birria style. Dunk it in some gravy. <sighs> game over, right? Mind blown. You've talked about setting intentions mm-hmm. uh, behind anything that you eat. What does Thanksgiving, as far as an emotional place, mean to you? Having a meal is the most important thing to me. That's really where I feel like you can connect with anybody. I like didn't have the closest relationship with a lot of people in my family because my family is very conservative and I'm less so. But the one place where we could all agree and like have a good time and come together was around a meal. And that's why like I think of Thanksgiving as a holiday that celebrates the meal, you know, more than anything else. There's no gift giving. There's no There's no gifts. There's no religion. It's just let's celebrate what it means to like gather on the table. So that's why it's so important to me. Um, especially last year 
we weren't able to celebrate with family. It was just me and my husband. But it was still great because we like we still set the table, sat down like with all of that emotion, like all of that intention. And it was still an amazing holiday. Because I think last year made me realize that we just take it for granted that we're all going to be able to gather around a table. And now it's like not always guaranteed. I'm still not sure what our plans are for this year. Huh? But we know it will include a spatchcock turkey. Yes. <laughs> and honey time grape. Definitely. Sola, this has been spectacular. So nice sitting around talking with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please give Cooking Up a Storm a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Cooking Up a Storm with Al Roker is produced by Ursula Summer, Sharif Youssef, and Phoebe Curran, along with researcher Rachel Young and audio engineers Fernando Aruda and Bob Mallory. Our culinary team is led by Anthony Contrino and Carrie Parente, with Stevie Stewart and Dawn Miller. Original music by Tavon Pennicott. Bryson Barnes is our technical director. Mina Kathuria is our executive producer. Soraya Gage is our general manager. And Madeline Herringer, our head of editorial. And then we can flip this over and get really nice, thick slices of dark meat as well. See, I've never seen the dark meat sliced. Why the hell not? Make it easier for your guests. Yeah, it's all about the guests. I usually just slice up half the turkey, Mm -hmm. one leg, one breast, and then... um, Try to save the rest for myself for later. You know what I mean? That's the trick. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.